Your life gets tough sometimes. It's true for all of us. In the middle of those challenges, perspectives become cloudy. Family relationships fracture. Marriages are tested. Finances don't add up. Faith becomes a burden. But maybe they're just the result of friction in our lives. Invite your friends and family to this series as we talk about how only God can clear our vision, guide us through the stress and struggles, and help us see the difference between fact or friction. Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you today as we finish our sermon series, Fact or Friction. I hope you have gained some understanding about dealing with different types of friction we experience in our lives. We have discussed how easily our perspectives shift from what is true to what is false due to friction and stress that appears in our lives. Sometimes it shows up in our families, but we are reminded to have the same mindset as Jesus, to humbly respond to those who are closest to us. Sometimes this friction shows up in our marriages and we can find ourselves thinking the worst of our spouses rather than believing the best. Often, friction shows up in our finances as we find ourselves owned by our stuff and driven by worldly things. T here is another area of friction that we are going to talk about today that I believe has the potential of impacting every one of those other areas. This particular area is key to living a healthy life that honors God and blesses others. Today we want to talk about experiencing friction within ourselves. I would argue that the friction that is most dangerous in our lives is not friction with others, but actually in ourselves. We need to be able to say to ourselves, self, we need to talk. We need to be self-aware. It seems to me, that every one of us are one of two types of people. I thought of this illustration as I have watched boats out on the bay so far this summer. We can discree them both as boating guy. There are two types of boating guy. They both love their boats and are often given the responsibility to pull the kids behind the tube all day long in the blazing, hot, sun. One of these guys pulls the tube full of children with his head on a swivel, constantly looking around at his surroundings and being careful to note who has stayed attached to the tube and who has been launched into the stratosphere by the last wave he went through. This first guy is incredibly aware. Aware of his effect on the ones he is pulling and aware of the wake he is creating. Then there is the other type of boat guy. This guy is throttled down and face forward. He rarely looks back to make sure he has not lost his riders somewhere along the way. He is oblivious to the damage that his wake is doing as he speeds through the bay. He is incredibly unaware. You probably know people like this. They don't understand why their marriage is a wreck or why their kids don't want to be around them. They don't understand why their friends are, suddenly, always busy. They don't consider how what they say, text, tweet, or post could be offensive. They are oblivious to how the way they live does not align with their beliefs and convictions. Many of us may know someone like this. Maybe that someone is actually us. Maybe it's time we look in the mirror and say, self, we need to talk. The Bible actually has a lot to say about our willingness to become self-aware and deal with our internal friction as a way of growing in our love for God and love for others. 
In fact, Paul addresses this in the book of Romans. Listen now to our scripture for today, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. The Amplified Bible Translation. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed, as you mature spiritually, by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. For by the grace of God given to me I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Paul begins with saying it all has to do with God's mercy. It's great mercy for us. God has been and is merciful for us. And this should urge us to offer ourselves, as Paul calls it, as living sacrifices. And often this friction inside of us comes from the struggle we have. We want to desire, we want to live for God. I want to follow Christ. I want to become a better person. We also have the, I want to take care of myself. I want to be happy with what I do. When Paul mentions his living sacrifice, it's based on the Old Testament way of sacrifice where they, were, they have animals that they would kill. Sometimes they would burn them as a burnt offering. You know, being a living sacrifice is much harder. We have to battle. Living as a sacrifice is a daily decision that we have to make. And it's not an easy one. We're tempted to conform to the world. We're tempted to give in to living for ourselves. We, I'm a living sacrifice. I want to get down off the altar. I don't feel like being a sacrifice today. Not today. Paul's addressing these unhealthy patterns in our lives. They're just not good for us. He tells us, do not conform to the, the world, the ways of the world. And in the, the original Greek, the, the Greek word that we translate as con confirm, it literally means to like hold this idea of being pressed into a mold. You're being pressed into this, do not get molded into the shape, do not get pressed into the shape of the world. And as I was thinking, that's it. I think everyone here probably remembers Play-Doh. You might have played with it, you might have kids or grandkids. And if you're lucky, you have had the Play-Doh factory. You could push it in, you push it down, it make all these neat shapes and long strings and sometimes that's us. We, we have to protect ourselves from being pressed through and conformed to the way of the world. We believe that we just fit in. We just be more like that person. Then I'll be okay. We're tempted to believe if we fit, fit in with the people around us, we'll be okay. And that's where we're starting to conform to the ways of the world. 
we're beginning to get pressed into this mold of what the world says is the right way. And I guarantee you, if you're living to please the world, you're going to experience friction because we have God in us. The Spirit lives in each one of us. So we have to somehow develop a new pattern that help us grow in our relationship with God. Reading the Bible, that's not a pattern of the world. But when we read God's Word, whether it's reading through the Bible or having daily devotional, it helps make us better. You know, prayer is not a pattern of the world, but it makes us more like Jesus. When these are the patterns of our lives, we're going to have friction because the world is going to roll up against us wanting to be more like Jesus. And in verse 3, I think, is the key to these verses where he says, we have to be self-aware. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. We have to fight the friction inside of us by a self-assessment, by saying, what's going on in my heart? Truthfully, we're coming out of this pandemic, we're trying to come out of this pandemic, and the division in our country continues, and you have these economic stressors for many people. I don't know if I'm going to be okay with what's going on in the world. Things are getting crazy expensive. In 24-7 news, if we plug into that, we're getting bombarded with bad news all the time. All this contributes to this friction in our internal state. We have to be able to pull away and just get silent. Allow ourselves to become aware of what's going on inside of us. A man named Blaise Pascal, he was a Frenchman, a mathematician, theology, man of theology, man of God. In his later years, he, he said this, all of man's problems stem from his inability to sit in a quiet room alone. We need to take time to know our own souls. This culture is so overstimulated, so busy at times. We sometimes get so preoccupied, we really have the time or take the time to just quiet our souls. So we get to know ourselves. So some people, being busy, overstimulation, preoccupation are strategies to, to not have to do the hard work of working on the inside of us. time to let God reveal to us how to navigate through the friction that's inside of us. In the Bible, we often have examples of these godly men and women and how they live a life that grows and becomes more focused on God. Sometimes it's those stories and narratives that help us. Sometimes the author writes about themselves in, in Psalm 42, verse 5. They wrote this, Why are you in despair, O soul, O soul, O my soul? Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become restless and disturbed within me? 
hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall praise him again for the help of his presence. To hear whoever wrote that, he's crying out, why? Why are you downcast? He's saying to his soul, why? Why are you disturbed? He's feeling what's going on deep within his heart. Because let's be honest, sometimes we all get messed up, we all are disturbed, and we don't know why. We're not sure why I'm feeling like this. Even church leaders, yes, even pastors, we all get messed up inside and we're not sure exactly why. You might yell at kids or grandkids, kick the family dog, get in fights with co-workers, feel depressed, just get a feeling of being overwhelmed. And we don't know why. But sometimes, if we slow down, it becomes apparent. You may be thinking that, I try, I try and I just keep failing. Guess what? Welcome to the club. It's okay to strive for perfection and fail. As the saying goes, the church is not a museum for saints, but it's a hospital for sinners. God's love for you is not dependent on how well you follow God's commandments. God does not judge us as fails, as failures when we fail. Let God tell you who you are. We have these multiple voices at times inside our heads from the outside telling us who we are. Now some of those voices are helpful. We have a, a trusted friend or family member. They, they're very encouraging and they help build us up. But many times these voices are harmful. Whether it's from school, if we're in school or workplace, running just into someone at, just at the store. Many of them can be harmful. They, they hurt us inside. See, we have to listen to the voice of God. We are controlled by the voices outside of us more than we think. I know I get upset, and when I feel that, if I'm watching TV, I'll turn off the TV. If I'm on Facebook, I'll get off Facebook. We just have to listen to the voice of God and let God tell us who we are. God is a voice of love, and peace, and kindness, and hope. Some people might say, I try, I try and listen for God, but I don't hear Him. He never talks to me. The truth is, God has spoken most clearly and still speaks through His Son, Jesus, and His Word. David, you want to read the scripture? Memory verse is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 in New King James Version. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharpener than any two-edged sword. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. If you're experiencing friction within yourself, I would recommend turning down those negative voices around you and turning to the voice of God. 
and diving into his word. Here's just a few things that God says to us and about us. Tony, if you want to go ahead and read your first one. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 God saying, we are the workmanship of God, and he created us to do good works, which he planned beforehand. They're already laying in front of us. We are the workmanship of God. Go ahead and read your next one, Tony. 1 Peter 2.9 For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, that you may declare the wonderful deeds of him who called you out of the wilderness into his marvelous life. No small prints, huh? Yes, you are a chosen generation. This is Peter writing. A royal priesthood. Do you realize you are royalty? You are the children of God, and that makes you a royal family. His own special people. Yes, I'm, I'm reading a verse out of 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, the 17th verse. And God's word says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, unaware 
of what we believe about ourselves. And when that happens, these false beliefs, they spill over into all areas, all these different areas of our lives. And if you were looking at the trajectory of your life, if you're to play things out on this path you're on, where would you end up? Where would you be? If it's not where you think God would want you to be, perhaps you need to just begin believing about what God says about you. God wants us to all be aware of this internal life, this heart that we have, and let Him work within us. You know, this journey we're on of our lives, the journey of our faith, it's meant to be an ongoing journey of growth in knowing and experiencing Jesus Christ in our lives. And we can only do this through and with God's grace. May you experience freedom from friction with your families and your relationships, your finances, and within yourself. May you allow the Spirit of God to transform every area of your life and may you honor Him in how you live by allowing God's net, this net that God has. When we fall, God's love and grace and mercy is going to catch us. Amen.